story. Um, I was born in a different country, as you all know, probably, or not, and uh, the mentality I was raised under was a bit different than most around here, um, where, first of all, uh, my mom was kind of been and out of my life most of my childhood, and when it was around that age where you form your, like, relationship views, and, um, where you form that safe space in the world, and, um, I didn't really have her or my dad there for that, so was very lonely and my grandma kind of just treated me as a job because she felt responsible of me um, for my mom so first of all grew up with no connection with anybody and, um, and the mentality back to the mentality thing uh, for some reason people in my family somehow got the idea that I was like a super genius. So they expected me to be the best, the smartest, the whatever. And I was never able to meet those expectations. So I was never, I didn't ever feel good enough. Uh, but the scary part about that whole thing is the fact that I didn't know any of these things that were going on, any of these feelings that I was feeling. So I formed an idea there was something inherently wrong with me. And that idea of inherit, inherited <laughs> wrongfulness made me hate myself. So, let me make sure this is recording. Okay. So, that idea really fucked me up. And what happened was, oh, another thing. Because of my lack of connection with family, I would constantly want to go see friends. I would always want to be outside playing. Always. Um, I'd never wanted to come home. Ever. And my grandma's not a great communicator, so she would, instead of communicating her feelings to me that she wants to spend time with me more, she would get angry at me for always wanting to be with friends. So we'd create this layered uh, chaos of emotions between us two. Um, not much for affection because she was raised with a lot of affection and her mom telling her she was the most beautiful girl in the world. And that fucked her up because it was one side of the extreme. So she thought the other side of the extreme would work better and never gave me that so that I could grow up to be stronger and know that I'm not the most beautiful, and 
and I'm not the best so that later on when I do find that out, it's not going to hurt as bad, which I get that. I get that from her perspective, but doesn't mean that that didn't fuck me up. So, I, to add on top of all that, well, yeah, so friends were always my closest people were the most important people in my life and I was too young to have boyfriends then so it was it was friends friends from the start and to add on top of all that like the cherry on top uh, my mom came back into my life permanently and decided we're moving to America so here I am sitting there like really just kind of hating myself and everything, um, I end up getting ripped away from everything I've ever known, so, uh, by that time, I already hated my mom, like, fully blown hatred, and it was the only person that I knew to go to a different country with, so, by that time, I already gotten used to the nonsense that was going on the known, so I had to step into the unknown, and that was terrifying. Mind you, I don't remember jack shit from that time, because my brain completely pushed everything out. Just, yeah. So, I get to uh, America, and I am foreign. I am different, I am weird, and on top of that, everything is weird to me, everything is foreign to me, and I remember the sad moment when I tasted the bread here, that it was like not freshly baked, it was bagged and sliced and it tasted like ass, and I was depressed. Um, bread was my favorite food. So, very depressed. And, um, yeah, just thinking back to it, I, that poor little girl. And still no way to have any connection with people. Still seeking that parental bond, that place where I felt somebody has loved me more than anything else in this world, that I was their number one, that I was their whole world, because with, even though my mom did feel that way at that point, I didn't feel, there was nothing she could have done to make me feel that way, so I'm out trying to seek that bond with friends, and I'm trying to make friends, but nobody can understand me and what I'm saying. Because I speak a different language. So nobody knew what to do with me. And but I was trying so hard. And I would try to make friends with everybody. But at the same time, I was also kind of angry and unapproachable and I pissed a lot of people off too. Especially with a different mentality that I had. And nobody understand me very well, so, yeah, it's kind of really sad stuff, and 
self-sufficiency, sense of happiness, or just, you know, being a kid, I, there was nothing, nothing felt good, and a lot of anxiety about everything, so, so I decided, after all of these hits that I took, the emotions became so overwhelming, I decided to turn them off. I can't fucking stand this shit, dude. Like, it's too much. It hurts so bad. So I, I made a promise to myself to protect myself, too. And to me, it felt really cool because it was like some sort of super power that I had come up with where I was able to shut off the emotions and and so I did it and I was very proud of myself. So they've protected me but once I got, you know, for a couple years up until I was like 14, I felt kind of numb and empty. So once I completely switched over to that side of the extreme, I started to feel kind of miserable, not knowing what to do with myself. It was a different type of misery. The first type was, you know, overwhelming emotions, sadness, anxiety. But the second type, after shutting them off, it was just pure numbness and emptiness. It felt nothing. So that really sucked too. And I'm like, well, what the hell do I do? And you know, a 14-year-old, what do they know? How, they don't. They know nothing about psychology. They know nothing about emotions, especially when, you know, another thing I forgot to mention. Growing up with my grandma, she uh, did not allow any negative emotions in the house. So that was when that whole process started, as well as not just knowing that that was a thing where people should not feel emotions or negative ones and when you shut off the negative that comes with the positive too because you can't pick a truth like that and so um, growing up not having somebody to guide me through my emotions I didn't know how to get through any of that and I didn't I had no knowledge of so I was left, I hit a point of desperation where I was seeking out other things that could make me feel other ways. Because everything I've tried didn't feel good. So I decided to go on a search for something. And when I first took a sip of alcohol, not a sip, but when I first got the buzz off of it, that was my answer right there. That was the key thing to everything. I mean, that was the one feeling that felt the best, and I never wanted to feel anything else other than that for the rest of my fucking life, because, my God, it took 
every all the pain and misery not that I have really felt any pain but like that numbness feeling it was better than everything I've ever known and so I decided that this is all I want and that's all I'm gonna get and on top of that still trying to seek that connection that parental bond with friends and now moving on to boyfriends because it's the age puberty whatever hormones going on um, I'm gonna try to seek it in another man or a woman or girl or a boy um, and so I did that and those two things became my main focus until you know whenever and so what happened was I drank so much that I almost overdosed and I got put on interviews so alcohol wasn't an option anymore really I mean I would still try to drink on interviews but it did not feel good even after I stopped taking it, it still didn't feel good so I moved on to drugs and that was also that was a whole other thing where I felt even better I mean there's all kinds of them <laughs> mix and match and once I started getting that feeling, you know, it's making up for lost time. I wanted to more and more and more feel more happy and none of it was ever enough. And that just continued on. I mean, you know, and instead of focusing on building my life, focusing on whatever, it was like the, the focus was to just feel okay trying to get that happiness, that life back from when I was little, before all the shit went down, but it was not the same because it wasn't real, it was all synthetic, and so it didn't take me super long, I, I was kind of blessed with the gift of desperation coming in so early for me, I only used for a few years, um, I could feel that every day I would wake up and I, that's all I could really think about. My main folk, like, it was, it got to a point of like a physical, just withdrawals were horrible and I literally could not, you know, before it was like I could mentally or emotionally survive without it, but now it was like physically and every day it was like the same thing and and I in my mind I was like you know I started really looking at a bigger picture where there's not enough drugs in this world to fill me and but there's got to be something else that can be enough to fill me and then I went on a search for that but first I had to get past the physical of it, where I had to lock myself up in a rehab to get through that shit, and then work on the mental and emotional, so, um, I was, I was very desperate, and, you know, 
know, there's just a lot of things that were happening where I, it got to a point where I stopped seeking that parental bond, where I stopped seeking connection with even the, the man that I was in love with at the time. He has become, I have become completely numb to him. Um, and I started even using him for drugs. I started using people. Instead of, instead of using them for the connection part, I started using them for drugs. So that was another thing that I'm like, damn, this is, this is a thing that's really changing my entire personality, my entire existence. And so I decided to lock myself up. And, and when I made the decision, it was like, I, I didn't want to, I, I didn't want anything getting in the way. I couldn't stop myself because, because I got a glimpse of hope. First of all, I got to a point where I really, really, really could not handle what was going on. And I said, I either kill myself or I, I get through this, but I something has to change. So either it changes for me taking myself out or it changes for me to change to for the better. But it had to be had to make a huge difference. It had to some different and I I had this feeling deep inside of me that I can try something else before taking myself out there's got to be a way there's got to be some other way and, and I had to really convince myself with that and so yeah so going back to rehab and that story, that part of the story where I was in a rehab that was different than, you know, the ones they got here in America. Um, here you got kind of a freedom of choice or you got your individuality rights are protected. Your, your individual rights, yeah. Protected by constitution, very well. Over there, they're not, so your mom or dad or wife, whatever, can throw you in there and lock you up in there. So almost everybody there, except for me, was there not on their own will, but because somebody locked them up in there. So it didn't work for the people, for any, nobody, uh, not a lot of people, because they were sitting there all angry the entire time because somebody threw them in there. And yeah, they would make some progress, but it was only, you know, it didn't, wasn't truly for themselves. So then they go back out, use relapse, come back. They're in and out of rehab, like, for a while. Me, I was blessed because I wanted it. I asked for it. So being locked up in there, whatever methods they were doing, they worked on me because I wanted it. And the others, not not as much. And their methods were very different from the ones here, where 
they really break you down. Um, they provoke you on certain, onto certain emotions. And I, I got what I needed out of it, and I left the rest because there's there's certain things that I really needed to get from there, and then other things I gained after, and. I kind of bullshitted my way through that place um, because my thing was that, you know, over there, it's kind of implied that you are in touch with your emotions. You are, you, you remember, you have memory of your childhood. You, you know what you're feeling here, you know, and I didn't have any of that. I, I forgot, I don't, I didn't remember anything from my childhood and I was out of touch with my emotions. So, whatever we were doing there, you know, journaling and um, stuff like that, I, I had to bullshit through that so that, because when I try to explain to him, I don't remember, like, it didn't matter. You will sit and you'll fucking remember. Like, sit until you remember. And I, I, I couldn't afford to do that. I had to keep going. So, the only thing I needed to get from there was that just remembering I was in there for 10 months so it took me that long to realize that I can survive without using it is a fact there is a better way and I started it by I guess just like appreciating life and seeing it for what it is the external things and kind of seeing my a, a little bit some of my defects you know the extreme self-centeredness and uh, my anger problems and oh, yeah just just basic things like don't cheat don't steal you know even though some of those things still didn't you know the stealing part didn't stick very well I mean it did for the most part big things, you know. So, that was enough. When I got out, I didn't go to meetings because I didn't, I was, I was scared of people. Especially the ones that, where I had to open myself up to, which were the people in NA. Um, there's no chance in hiding myself with them. And, I hated, I still hated myself, so I couldn't, I, want, I wanted to keep hiding. And, um, because I was out of touch with my emotions, that saved me from relapsing and being able to stay abstinent for a, a while. Um, but I still got to a point where I was hella miserable. That's when I broke down and I went to started going to meetings. And when I started going to meetings, I slowly and surely, I mean, well, from the get-go, I first of all learned I was not special right away. And that that fear needs to go. And or fear of people. And my gosh. I was learning so much and was hearing so many great 
tactic was different. The tactic was, you know, I'm sharing my experience, take it or leave it. Nobody's telling me what to do. Nobody's, you know, because in rehab it was like, you know, method of force and yelling and just, they weren't treated that great, but, you know, in meetings they treated you like a person. So, I used to agree with my rehab's methods. Um, they help people get their head out of their ass, but not much more than that. So, um, I needed I needed a lot more. I needed to learn how to feel and how to love myself. So, I so yeah, meetings, steps. Steps were a great start of my journey, great guide, but not my main focus um, because I had a lot more, well, have a lot more issues than just using. I realized, you know, there's so much more beneath that, and I needed to just dig. And as I was working on the steps, which I'm not, you know, the steps are great because they help you with, you know, the steps helped me learn higher power. That is what they did. And they really secured that belief in my brain about higher power and what it's about and um, really just go in depth about uh, my, how things got out of control and all the things I've done, you know, inventory, stuff like that. It's very important, but other things are just as important. Where I learned that I have a lot of trauma, you know, and I and I only learned that from my fellow addicts that told me. Um, she's no longer in our group, but she, the girl, you know, who told me, like, I wouldn't have known, I wouldn't have thought, because I invalidated and undermined all of my problems because of how I was raised where it's like, oh, well, they're starving children in Africa kind of bullshit. So, yeah, I started validating my things um, and started realizing how, how much shit is going on. And that was the first step is, is seeing So I started working on my traumas, reading a lot of spiritual self-help books, just doing lots of things because, you know, going to meetings is great, doing the steps is great, talking to your sponsor is great, but I needed more because emotionally I still had problems. And then I realized that there, I, I try to bypass the whole idea of getting in touch with your feelings. I try to do everything but that for a while. And then I'm like, dude, this is inevitable. I need my emotions. And so I had to get some courage and I had to step into them finally because beneath all that, like I still felt kind of empty, you know? 
that was a very hard process. I don't know how I did it, but all I can say is just, you know, the usual saying one day at a time. The big thing that helped me was journaling, taking in uh, feelings inventory every day. Not, you know, it's not saying what I like actually felt, but saying what I, if I were to imagine if I did have feelings, how would I have felt? write all that shit out and just yeah it's what I had to do meditate on it you know all kinds of stuff and eventually now I have them but the problem is that I'm very emotionally immature because I stopped feeling when I was very little so my emotional maturity level is at a young age but that's okay that is okay and I'm okay with that better than not feeling at all. And I am very grateful that I got that now. And um, once I started, and this was just the past like year, year and a half, I've been clean for five, over five years. So once I got a hold of my feelings, I was able to find a lot of other things like this whole connection issue where I'm seeking a parental bond where every relationship I've been in including the one in, I'm in right now I'm seeking it and the great thing about the one I'm in right now is the person I'm with they don't uh, they don't cater to that they point that shit to me they make they take my face and they like just fucking stuff it right up against that mirror of all 
So yeah, 